what pops up a beer or a cold libation Let me tell you how I wrote this little theme I went and took a call from brother Jason And he tells me that he has a little dream He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast And I ask him what you got He said I'll start off with some talking And some moody clips of popcorn fighting Fantasy explorations and some groundness exploitation Kickstarts that I'm watching and some blind unboxing Full month horror movie marathon Sometimes I'll let the dogs come on Contest and of course you know it's all about games I said slow down let's just start with the name It's the Nerds RPG Variety Podcast With the other Jason Welcome back to Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm your host Jason. Today is just going to be an interview. I've got special guest John Allen Large of the Red Dice Diaries RPG Podcast and we're going to talk about Zine Quest 3. I will return to my normal format next episode, and we'll have those listener calls that I promised everybody. Really quickly, I want to thank John for appearing on the show. I want to thank Ray Otis for the art, thank TJ Drennan for the music, and you, the listener, for tuning in. And with that, let's go to the interview. Zine Quest is now over. There are a couple projects that are still waiting to finish, but for the most part, since February is done, Zine Quest is done. And there are a couple other anchorites that have backed a lot of zines. I backed a lot more than I wanted to, or meant to. But one other anchorite that's backed a number of zines that I thought would be interesting to hear what he backed, why, and what he's looking forward to is John Allen Large of the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast. So I asked him to join me so we could talk about Zine Quest. John, how are you doing today? I'm not too bad. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. No, no problems. Yeah, these are much more fun to talk about when you bounce ideas off other people. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I think I backed a few more than you did. So let's. So I I guess what I'll do is I'm going to go down my list. And I think we both probably doing the same thing. We have our Kickstarter backed projects open. That's exactly. um, Yeah. So so I'll just read a couple and maybe talk real briefly about them, what what I thought was interesting about them. And then Mm -hmm. you, you can go and then we'll go back and forth. Okay. So the the first one on my list here is the Many Crypts of Lady Ingrid, which is one Tim Shorts did, of course. Tim yeah, does I, great work. I, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, I've bought that one as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm one of Tim's patrons. Being in the states, I'm lucky enough that I, you know, I get his monthly projects that he sends out. And yeah, it's Tim's stuff is always wonderful. So that was a no brainer for me. The next one I backed was called Project 8-Ball. I don't know if you saw this one. No, I'm not aware of that one. Yeah, so two of these games, this one and another zine I'll talk about in a minute, are done by some of the creators behind Hex Games. And Hex Games is probably best known for Hobomancer, the game where you play hobos that ride the rails trying to fight supernatural problems and whatnot. And this one's done by Leighton Connor, Project 8-Ball. It's a game of weird conspiracy. And he's also an author. He has a number of short novels out there. And I've read some of his books. And they're all kind of, you know, lighthearted, you know, kind of a summer book. You know, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Nothing real heavy, but they're fun. And so when I saw this, I figured I'd back it. And what this one is about is kind of like a X-File-y kind of game. I'm going to get the campaign to pop up here. 
Uh, Project 8-Ball is a highly secretive government organization founded in the year redacted by redacted. <laughs> the organization's original purpose was redacted, but the missions evolved over time. And, and basically, you're, you know, the game is to deal with all kinds of aliens, cryptoids, parahumans, time travel, whatever. And it's just like a neat, it'd be a, it'd be a fun pickup game or, you know, do one shot here and there with. Yeah. So that's Project 8-Ball. The other, I'll, I'll hit the other one done by Hex Games, the Hex Game creator, and that's Elvis Manser. And <laughs> Elvis Manser, kind of like Hobo Manser, right? Um, this is done by Steve Johnson, who's, I think, the primary creator behind Hex Games. But what they've done with Elvis Manser, of course, if you're not a, an Elvis fan, this, this isn't going to really appeal. But they kind of set up a, again, I'm trying to, my computer's a little slow, folks. Sorry about that. But we'll open the campaign up. There it goes. Um, it says, the title says it all. What if Elvis impersonation wasn't a weird entertainment niche, but a full-fledged magical tradition? So this has a bunch, it's system neutral things for ritual tools, materials, practices of Elvis Mancy, talking about Elvis kind of spells like suspicious minds all shook up and transport via velvet. Nice. Um, talk about the heartbreak hotel, um, Elvis related artifacts, just all kinds of different Elvis things you can put in your game. Which again, in a like a modern game, I mean, you wouldn't put in a serious Delta Green game, but if you're playing a more lighthearted modern game, you know, there's a lot of interesting things you could plug in there. It's a couple of mine. How about another one of yours? Okay, well, one I've backed by Levi Combs or Coombs, I'm not sure, is called Magic and Shit. And this is a it's the people who did um, Phylactery and Phylactery 2, which I've got copies of, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed. And it's basically a zine full of sort of weird, unusual magic items with a bit of a sort of history behind them. And it's going for that sort of heavy metal sort of like vibe, which I know is like popular with a lot of like OSR stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not so fussed about that myself now. I'm a little bit sort of like moved on from that. But... As I say, nothing wrong with people who like it. And I did enjoy the Phylactery and the Phylactery 2. Um, so seeing it's by the same people. And let's face it, who hasn't got room for like some more magic items in the game? Especially if they're a bit weird or a bit unusual. Because like your sort of plus one sword or your plus one chainmail gets a little bit boring after a while. So um, like a lot of mine, I only backed this on PDF. Just because I knew when I started, I was like, I'm going to set myself a target of about 10. I know there's no way I'm going to stick to 10. However, I can make myself feel a little bit better if I keep it down to like PDFs for most of them because obviously posting your packaging is a bit ridiculous at the minute. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't feel like I've squandered quite so many of my pennies if I'm, if I'm just keeping it to the PDFs and I don't have to worry about waiting for the post and whatever. I can just get the PDF files and I'm all good. But that, that was one of the ones I've backed. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. I was going to back that. I think that'll probably show up on Drive Through RPG down the road, which is one yeah. of the reasons I didn't. Yeah, I, I, mean, I tried to balance. Yeah, I was just going to say there's a, there's a few where I've sort of backed the PDF, and then later on, if and when they show up, I might get a hold of like a print on demand copy. But a lot of the sort of like 
pre-printed copies, especially if they're coming from what the States or something like that, it's going to cost me almost as much as the actual like book to get it shipped over at the moment. So I was like, I just can't justify like paying twice as much for for each zine. So I was like, the PDFs will just have to do me until the print on demand is available. Right, and, and I totally understand that. That's you know, I I did take advantage most of the ones I got were print, but being in the states, the shipping was a lot better. That's nice. You know, so I didn't have that problem. Um. So I I had mentioned. And and I like I said, I looked at that one, but I'll probably pick it up later. I've got the Flattery, Flattery 2. Yep. I, I want to say Levi Combs is that's Planet X Games, right? Yes, but, that's right. Yeah, so I just yeah, in fact, I just did a an unboxing a couple episodes with a couple other of his other things, the Jungle Tomb and the Mummy Bride and Escape from Skullcano Island. Yeah. But um yeah, I, I'm a big fan of his. And like I said, I, I'll probably get that through drive through down the road. Um, let's see, I was talking about Hobos. That's another project, the Knights of the Road that, that came out, and that's kind of a, a hobo zine for playing hobos. So I got that. Nice. Um, Ninja City, a DCC RPG zine is kind of using the DCC rules to play the 80s ninja movies. Oh, right. Okay. And that that might be my most anticipated zine, to be honest. I've, I've auto, you know, you have... Dungeon Crawl Classics and Ninjas. How, how can you go wrong? I'll say, what more could you want? Right. So another one I got was Sword Point, a swashbuckling RPG, or swashbuckling zine. And, you know, swashbuckling is always fun. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to remember, though, if that... I think Sword Point was a D100 system. I might be wrong, though. But it's... Let's say it's a yeah swashbuckling zine written with D one hundred OGL mechanics, and and it's created by Gallant Knight Games, Diogo's company. So that that was one of the reasons I I backed it as well because they, they have a really yeah. good track record. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've got some of their products. They are very good. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I'll do one more of mine here. I I did Space Weirdos. There's one that <laughs> Pete Jones had talked about. I don't know if you'd looked at that or not. I've I've not seen that one. I, I mainly tried to sort of like restrict myself to the sort of like fantasy ones because I was like, again, if I sort of set, say to myself, I can go for whatever genre, I'll end up back in 40 of them and then I'll be like crying at the end of the month when I've spent all the money. Right, right. I totally understand that. Um, the, the, re- the other reason I backed this one, and I don't remember what it was now, this creator had done s- some other things I backed that I was really happy with the the other products. Yeah. So, but this is actually is a simple rules for sci-fi skirmish game, for a skirmish game. It's not even RPG as as much as an add-on product to let you do, you, you know, space combat or or something like that. It was yeah. something kind of different. I tried to back a number of projects that were not just traditional, you know, the fantasy zines this year. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully that'll turn out well for me. We'll see. Let's, let's go back to you for a minute. Okay, so another one I've backed is Into the Wild, a supplement for wilderness exploration and domain management. And this is designed specifically for use with old school essentials, but obviously you can use it with any sort of D&D-based system. Um, it's designed to be used in conjunction with a book called Filling in the Blanks, which is all about hex scrolling. I've actually just got a copy of it long ago myself. 
and it's a compilation of like a number of different resources covering um, hex crawl basics, random weather generation, domain building, NPC wealth by leather, classing up the joint, and OSR alternative classes. And they're all designed around the idea of when you get to that stage in your D&D game where you're supposed to be like setting up fortresses and managing a domain and stuff like that. And that's always been, to my mind, a little bit sort of very lightly touched on in um, sort of D&D. So, and having enjoyed filling in the blanks so much, saw this come up and I was like, right, great, I'm definitely going to get that. Again, I'm only back to this PDF, but I know this one is, is definitely coming out on print on demand. So... It, assuming it looks good, which I've no doubt it will, I'm probably going to pick it up at print on demand sort of later on. They did do a version where you could get like a sort of at cost redeemable print on demand. But um, just due to the the number I was backing on Zine Quest, I was like, I'll play it safe. I'll go for the PDF and then probably pick it up later. Yeah, I, I didn't back. I don't think I backed anything that was a print on demand that was like that where you got the you know, the credit to print on demand. I think all those, I just did a PDF. Yeah. I, I tried I mean, to concentrate more on the products that people were doing at home. Yes. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I did like about this is in the, uh, at the very start, they offered an unformatted and unedited version. It was mm-hmm. like a free download. Mm-hmm. So you could get the free download and have a quick look at it and then decide whether you wanted to throw them some money to make like a fully nicely laid out illustrated version, which I like the idea of doing because it shows that they're confident that you're going to look at the product and then go, yeah, this is worth some money. So, and it, it, you don't feel like you're taking such a risk because you already know you're going to be getting some stuff that you like. Otherwise, you just wouldn't have backed it. Right. Um, okay. Let's see. I did. I backed Dodeca, which is a D12 old school style role playing game with narrative character world building, adventuring through grim, dark worlds. And nice. there were some interesting things in the character creation. I don't remember what now, but reading the, looking through here. So it's all D12s and I don't remember exactly what, but there were a couple of interesting things in the, what they showed for character creation that kind of piqued my interest. So I picked that up. And this is one I probably could have waited because, you know, PDFs are going to be for filter drive through. Yeah, but yeah. I I did that as, you know, um, let's see another one. Now my computer's not, it's lo- it's not loading again, so I'll do these a little bit out of order here. Another one I did was Low Life, which is like cave exploration, doing caverns and and things like yeah. that. Rules and they're kind of, I mean OSR ish, but not super system specific, but just a bunch of things to do you know, ventures in caverns and yeah. cave systems and things like that. So that sounded interesting. So I got that. Um, the pamphlet of Pantheons. I know, I've backed that one. Okay, yeah. That's, um, of course, that's um, James Holloway, who does the Monster Man podcast. And yeah, he he has a, which I don't, I don't know if you're, if you're a patron of him, he has another podcast, a patron of his. He has another podcast where he does about different groups of deities and pantheons in D in mainly D and D right now, but in role playing games. Oh right, cool! I didn't know that. Yeah, it's I think it's a two dollar a month level for his for that. But yeah, and he's gone through and 
he's done just about all the deities and demigods from, you know, first edition now. And he goes through and gives it a, a good scholarly look, or well, a serious look. I don't yeah. Know, yeah. How scholarly you can be with, <laughs> with this stuff. But, and, and anyway, so he made a pamphlet for creating your own pantheons. And one of the keys that he emphasized in there is the idea, well, but you backed it. So, you know, but, you know, pantheons aren't always super logical. There's always kind of oddball yeah. things in there. And he tried to include that in this creation system. So that ought to be, and it was only, it was two pounds for the PDF. So, you know, yeah, it's kind of an exactly. I mean, like you say, for, for that price, it's almost rude not to, to back it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for me personally, cause I'm, um, cause I'm running an OSE game at the minute and I've sort of lightly sketched the, the sort of pantheon of the world in because we haven't got any clerics or anything like that. So it's not been like a madly big thing, but I was like, I kind of would like to define them a bit more. So when I saw a few people talking about the, the pamphlet of pantheons, and like you say, f- for a couple of pounds, it right. was a no-brainer for me. Yeah. Um, let's see, another one I did, it was PDF only, was Bloodstained Hands, which is kind of it. It's um, it's a solo game, and it's it's using the trophy system which I haven't played with. Spencer has talked about that over at Keep Off the Borderlands some. But it's it's it looked like something different. It's um Yeah. You you play a person engaged in dangerous ritual to achieve a pardon for the souls that you've killed. And it's kind of dealing with psychological issues, I guess. But I don't know. It looked different. It was it was something different. So I figured I would get that and try that out. Like say I'm trying to back different creators and Yeah. And find things that are interesting. Uh, one that's pretty standard that I backed was the Horrors of the Sepulchre by Steve yeah. C, which you know has the as maps from Matt Jackson in there, and that's pretty much a old school dungeon crawl. But I, I've got the, he does Steve C does the dice rolls. Ian he's done three three issues of that. All of his stuff has always been good quality, so that was kind of yeah. a no brainer. That, that's pretty much the same reason why I backed it. I've got all the previous issues of Dice Rolls in. I absolutely love those. I've used quite a lot of stuff out of it. And like you say, a sort of a, a, a Tomb of Horrors-esque adventure, as I believe it sort of portrays itself as, mm-hmm. it's very easy to sort of reskin that and drop that into pretty much whatever game you want, really, within reason. So, again, like you say, a no-brainer to back that. Right. Yeah, and, and because I'm, um, like say, the shipping is a little bit cheaper coming here, I, I went and did the physical yep. copy, but over there, I, I probably would have done the PDF. Um, See, now, with, with this one, I actually, bizarrely, since you said that, I did actually back this as a print copy. Oh, okay. And that was only because, because I struggled with, like, reading PDFs on the screen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to have an adventure, there's a lot of reference and there's a lot of flicking backwards and forwards and stuff like that. So I'm like, if I'm going to drop it into a game, I really need a print copy. And um, like I say, because I've I've got all the dice rolls in print copies as well, I was like, it'd be nice to have this to sort of like go with them in the same fashion. So yeah, I, d- I did plump for a print copy of that, which I think was like 12 Canadian dollars or something like that. And you yeah, get it wasn't that as well. Yeah, none of these were too bad, really, when you look at them. No, no. Not all things considered. Um, another one, another first, a lot of the ones I did were first-time creators. Um, there's one, the H-A-R-S-C-H, Harsh Tables, Volume 1. It's a first-time creator. 
It's basically just a, a bunch of table, random tables to do different things. But, okay. you know, again, for the, with the idea of ZineQuest and all, I figured that'd be interesting. The, another one I did that if people have listened to Froth's Wednesday Hump Day Blogorama, he did an interview with the creator of this, but Marching Order, which is a solo co-op dungeon delve. This is more of a, almost like a little board game or, or okay. a, a, a game to to play their solo or with somebody else sitting there with you. It's not, I mean, I guess you could do RPG with it, but it's kind of like the, um, was it Darkest Dungeon? Is that the the video game where oh, yeah, everybody's yeah. in a line, you, you know, like, you know, they're all, they're all in line behind each other and, and the different effects and the rules, you know, you might be only hit, be able to hit somebody in second place or, or, or two spaces yeah. away. And, yeah. and so you have to determine how to adjust your party and then different monster effects that you come up against might change the order of your party and things like that. So it, it sounded like it'd be a neat little thing to, you know, if you're, you have a couple hours and want to sit down and play it and do something different, it might be a neat little game for yeah. that. So I, so I back that. And one last one I'll mention, and I'll throw the ball back to you is the witch, the wolf and the wedding, which is based on Slavic um, folklore and it was actually it, it was being recommended by the creator of that marching order game but this okay. is a it's in a it's it says it's a, a one session tabletop rpg zine for two to three players flavored by slavic and german germanic folklore and fairy tales which is kind of interesting and smaller groups or something it's pretty easy to organize so yeah it looks like it might yeah. be a neat little thing I will give the mic back to you. Okay, so the next one I backed was issue two of Planar Compass. Now, this is one they did um, a year ago. Originally, it was called Dreamhaven, but I think someone sort of copyrighted a a game or something called Dreamhaven just after they bought it out. So they re-released it as Planar Compass. And the first issue was... Sort of, it's reimagining the astral plane in your sort of typical D&D cosmology. And the first issue was set on this like, little island, this sort of like jumping off point, a little like smuggler's port called like Dreamhaven. And issue two is sort of expanding that into like more what the, the astral sea, as they call it, mm-hmm. into sort of how that works. And I quite like the fact that it's basically taking the astral plane from D&D, which has previously been fairly abstract and sort of like loosely defined, and it's giving it a sort of like semi-piratical, sort of like swashbuckling, like flavor, you know, that there's pirates, the sailors, but instead of sailing on water, you're sailing across this sort of like inky black astral sea in these strange sort of magically powered ships. So, and I'm a sucker for anything with pirates in. So, and I've already got issue one, so I backed um, the PDF for that. Yeah, I, I missed issue one of that. So I did back this and I backed it. They had a tier where you could get both issues. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I back that to get both issues of that. Yeah, issue one's very good. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about it. Um, another anchor, although he hasn't released a podcast for a long time, is Josh Beckelheimer released a, a Zine Quest project, uh, Grimblade. So I, I back that to kind of support him. And that's a, 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 a really simple... Grim Fantasy 
again, Mark is from Fantasy RPG, but it's a really simple role-playing system. Um, but but again, most of these systems, there's usually something interesting you can pull out of them. So uh, another one I back. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, even I think you're absolutely right. Even if you don't use these zines wholesale, that there's always going to be little bits, whether it's a monster, a magic item, or even just like a bit of a map or uh, a setting idea that you can easily pull out and sort of incorporate into your own games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, the next one I have is Harrowed Grounds Volume 1, which was pushed as a kind of a hex crawl zine. It's... Um, supposed to be the first volume of a tabletop gaming zine. I don't know if it's just going to be published during Zine Quest or they're going to have other issues throughout the year. But it's supposed to focus on hex crawling and different OSR materials. So I got that. Another kind of zine along those lines is Zine Quest 3 Explore Dungeon Zine Number 2, which is supposed to be a just a system-neutral zine packed with monsters and magic and adventures, random tables. And I back that level where I got the first one and the second one. Because I, I didn't have the first one of that. Um, the Wide-Eyed Terror Zine is a standalone DCC adventure. So I back that. I, uh, I'm i a fan of DCC. And, yeah. You, you know, so, oh, and like I say, even if I take this adventure and run it in a different format with a different game, there's definitely going to be interesting things in here I can use. So, um, let's see. Wizard Funk 3 is Thaddeus Morazine, who and he recently was talking to Greg Gillespie on YouTube channel, and he posts over in the audio dungeon. And, you know, you've heard him on, on other things like Hex Talk and things. Um, but anyway, so that's his zine. So I got that. He, he always puts out some interesting stuff. Um, and I guess I'll kick it back to you. Okay, so another one I backed was called the Haunted Hamlet. And this is four low prep modular locations to drop into your game. The it's by the people who did um a zine call again, a very similar sort of hex crawl style idea called Willow last um year, which I backed. This one was apparently funded in under an hour. And it as I say, it's um made for all essentials, but it's very modular and easily usable with most OSR systems. And it's four sort of hexes or locations that are sort of self-contained little locations that you can just drop into your game, you know, sort of like plot hooks and like what's going on in those hexes and stuff like that. And obviously, with it being called the Haunted Hamlet, they're all based around a slightly sort of horror, sort of eerie vibe, which definitely appeals to me. And they've got some great-looking artwork on their um, Kickstarter page and a few sort of previews of it. And as I say, as a fan of the the original sort of Willow zine that they did, I, I pretty much backed this straight away as a PDF. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I saw that one, and I I didn't back that one. I probably should have. I probably regret that. Um, the next one I've got here is Kill Today, Die Tomorrow, which is a Western game. I'm a big fan of Westerns, so I figured I'd pick that up. I have here's one of the more oddball ones I got. Around Alone, a solo sailing RPG. And All right. and and this one is it's not RP I mean it says RPG, but it's you know it's not fantasy or anything. It's it's actually about, you know, sailing. And um 
you know, kind of like doing a regatta or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't really know much about sailing. I saw Summer Rental with John Candy where they were in a sailing race. But <laughs> it's about, but it, you know, it's something different. And yeah, exactly. like I said, I want to support different kinds of creators and, and bring different things in. So I, I thought that would be something kind of unique. Um, I've got oops, my computer screen flashes siege pocket warfare which is is interesting they have a pdf but also with a physical point it's like do, it's a, a real simple system to do sieges in role-playing games and bolt on so yeah I, I did look at that one i didn't end up backing it uh, again if it's one that's released i might try and pick it up later but uh mm-hmm. it, it, it was one that I, I was interested in but i didn't get around to backing it in the end unfortunately yeah. Um, what else do we have here? I've got one called Blackout in Crater Valley, which is kind of reproducing some of the, the VHS era slasher movies. This is the 70s and 80s slasher movies. And again, this is a, a DCC based game um, or based module, I think. Yeah, it's an adventure. So that's why I got that. Um, the barrier and the sound is kind of a oddball one. It's a solo supposed to be a thriller game of surreal coastal weirdness whatever that means um it's actually produced by a guy not too far from me in virginia but i I don't actually know him though but yeah it's some kind of weird you know weird solo adventure involving coasts and different things that might be interesting um what one that may have crossed your radar was Boots Full of Mud. Yes, I'll back that one. Yep. Yeah, that one looked interesting. It's, I don't know. Well, I'll let you talk about that one since you backed it. Yeah, well, the idea of this is it's, well, it describes itself as all the tools you need to play old school RPGs on topographic maps, and it includes some maps. Um, It's supposed to be, it portrays itself as offering a unique style of overland travel using actual maps. And given that most of the games I'm running at the minute are sort of hex crawler style exploration games, that really appealed to me because I really like the old maps. And I was like, oh, I'm always looking for like new ways because let's face it, depending on how it's run, travel can be either really interesting or it can be really boring in games. Mm-hmm. So I'm always interested in anyone who has new ideas related to that, you know, how you can keep it fresh. And I do like the idea of just being able to plonk down a, a topographical map and having some rules that you can just run with that. So, yeah, I pretty much bought that straight away for PDF. Yeah, I, I splurged on that one and went ahead and got the maps. Yeah. So, the you know, you know speaking of travel, I backed a game called Courier, which is a, okay. a solo RPG about delivering packages across dangerous landscapes while protecting your reputation and becoming a legend. It's kind of like a post-apocalyptic game, kind of like the, was it the mailman? Or you remember the Kevin Costner, the postman, Kevin yeah, Costner? Yeah. I, I think it's kind of that kind of world. But, That's cool. And, and he offered this, and well, he actually, he says it. it's inspired by um, Death Standing, Fallout, New, New Vegas, Stalker, and Mad Max. So there, there's your inspirations. But, there's a Canadian designer here, but he offered a, a version of it that came in a special like postal pouch. And I went ahead and oh, splurged nice. and got that, that fancy version of it. Cause you know, that's, that's the kind of thing you want to encourage creators to, 
Oh, oh definitely. It's always nice to see people sort of going the extra mile with like mm-hmm. props and stuff like that to sort of enhance the experience of the game. Yeah. Well, well that sailing one, I, I got a level where the, the sheets were kind of plastic coated, you, you, you know, so you the could dry race, so you could erase and or write on them with, with a, yeah. a wax crown and then erase it. Nice. So, yeah. Um, Owls and or I'm sorry, Outlaws and Owlbears is another Western game. There's a fantasy game that I backed. Um, Grogzilla 2 is done by Newt Newport of um, Crips and Things fame. What he's done, and and Open Quest is his too, I think. Um, but he's a designer over there, and I, I've got his, some of his other stuff and really like his stuff. So I backed a Grogzilla 2. Um, I back something called Mac- Macabre Volume One, which is a horror zine for DCC. And there's a okay, a um, you know, a common thread going on here, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and this is pulling again from movies, a, a lot of movie references in here that they're doing. So it, it ought to be, you know, and I'm a big fan of horror movies and, and whatnot. So it ought to be interesting to see how these. It seems like a lot of people are tied into DCC and 80s movies this year. So it'll be interesting to see how all, how they, they approach them in different ways. Um, let's see, did, did you have any more? Yeah, I think I've got about another eight, I think. Oh, well, I monopolize this. Go ahead. Oh, that's all right. That's all right, mate. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Okay, so I'll do I'll do a couple quickly. Um, mm-hmm. The next one I backed was funded in five minutes, and it's called The Vast in the Dark. Mm-hmm. And it's a zine about exploring dark and alien megastructures in an infinite realm. And it, it's basically supposedly gives you like a toolkit for building these vast areas full of sort of alien megastructures and long dead remnants of advanced civilizations for you to go out and explore in like your MSR games. And I've always loved that sort of early, sort of like very early like D&D thing where like the boundaries between like your sci-fi and fantasy were a little less firmly defined Mm-hmm. And you you get like your barrier peaks esque stuff coming in, and I, I love anything with like sort of toolkits in that gives you the gives you tools to design like your own stuff rather than just presenting a pre sort of planned area. So I backed that again as a PDF. Then I've got one that I've I've actually already got the PDF for this next one. Like they've they've already sent it to me. It's called the the Stitchery, and it's a zine for compatible with Morkborg. Mm-hmm. Now, I've got to admit, I'm not a massive fan of Mork Bog, to be honest. Nothing against it, it's just not my bag. But this one, the idea is it's a, a simple book where basically each half of the page has like the head and the sort of tail of, of a monster on it. And mm-hmm. the idea is you can take these out and you can rearrange them in different ways to get different, like strange sort of uh, crossbreeds. So they'll have like half the rules for the animal on one bit and half the rules on the other you mix them all up, stick them together, and there's rules for like having monstrosities with like three heads and all various other amalgams of parts. You stick them together and you've got the rules there in front of you. And pretty much as soon as they are back to PDF where you get a colour version, which is like the, the pages are sort of like a bluey purple colour, and the writing's like ridiculously like neon sort of pink. Mm-hmm. So Handily, they've also sent out like a black and white PDF version, you know, so you can print it and you get like a blank sort of template so you could do your own ones. And it must have only been 
a day or two after it closed that they sent the PDF out for that. Because I've had it for a while now, so I was pretty impressed with the fact that obviously already got it all pretty much ready to go by the shouting. And as soon as they got the funding, they just started emailing out the PDFs. That's great. Yeah, that's a, that's really interesting. That sounds like a great product. Okay, I've got um, another one which I backed was the Power Words engine. And that is a, a custom magic spell system designed to replace like your sort of fancy magic where it's all based around the idea of having like different magic words and combinations of words or what create the power and the rules to sort of adjudicate those. And again, I just got that because I'm always interested. I've nothing against fancy and magic, but I'm, I'm always interested in like different alternate versions that you can use. Because I basically think the more options you've got, the more choices you've got for whatever game you're running. So yeah, I back that for PDF. Then I've got, um, you probably heard of this one, Through All Tan's Door, mm -hmm. which um, a lot of people yep. sort of recommended to me. And it's it's based around this strange realm inspired by like Dunsany and Lovecraft and Clark Ashton Smith, all of whom I've read a lot of their stuff and um, I quite enjoy the fiction. So, and again, it's, it's a little like mini setting that you can drop pretty much anywhere in your game because it's like another realm that you can somehow get to. So I backed that for, I backed that for a PDF version, but uh, because it's like a sort of, I think this is the the third issue, and um, I backed it at the PDF level where I got the, because they did like an issue one, an issue two, and then issue three was in two parts. Mm -hmm. So I backed the version where basically you got all of those as PDF, and there's like a couple of like bonus things thrown in as well. Yeah, I, I almost back that. I decided not to. Maybe I'll get it down the road, but hopefully. Yeah, I, I wavered over it a little bit, but it was the um, it was the sort of Lovecraft, like Ashton Smith sort of vibe that won me over in the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the next thing I did was one, well, I guess a couple from this company, and they're out of Milwaukee here in the U.S., but they, they put out a, a, a few zines for Zine Quest, and... The, I had mentioned the wide-eyed terror zine earlier. The Tome of Debasement, which is a... I think all these are DCC-based, but Tome of Debasement are new rules for evil priests and spells for evil priests, which is always a good thing because you know, if yeah. you can use them as villains in your game, give you ideas. Um, and they did one called Rabid Dogs and an adventure called Precipice of Corruption. So I picked up all, all four of their things. Um, and then another one I'll mention, I'll throw it back to you, is mm -hmm. Hard Boiled, a private eye role-playing game, which, you know, there aren't that many actual noir role-playing games out there. Um, and, and this one's coming from, you know, somebody, It's he's a math teacher in Texas. So we'll see. Yeah, it's it. Let's see what kind of thoughts he has and see how it works out. But I'm always interested in trying to, crack the detective genre and find a game that does a really good game or does a really good job at that. Yeah, I've got, I didn't see that one, which is a, is a shame because I'm quite a fan of the sort of noir and detective stuff myself. So maybe if that comes out again later, I'll pick a copy, but I must miss that one. Okay. Yeah, well, so, actually that one's still, you can still back that if you want. Oh, right. Okay. That What's one's not closed again? yet. Yeah. It's called hard boiled. 
Yeah, it's just got two days left. Get on, Marmon. Lovely. Okay, so I was going to say um, another one I backed, which is bizarrely, it's actually six zines. It's called Lands of Legends. Mm-hmm. And the basic idea is each of these zines gives you sort of like various tools, which I presume is random tables for um, different types of game. And it was originally going to be five zines. I was going to be like a mundane, grim, fairy, holy, and primeval. And then because of their stretch goals, they added another one. I forget what the sixth one is. But um, again, I'm, I'm a sucker for toolkits. And I like the idea of getting like six little mini zines instead of like mm-hmm. one big zine. And just being able to like go, oh yeah, okay, this world I'm running now, it's a, a slightly more savage world where I pull out the primeval zine and uh, see what that can do for me. And then I've, I've got yep, one go here called um, The House of the Hollow, mm-hmm. which is um, another Morkborg compatible one. It's described as a one-shot adventure set in a mysterious moonlit manner of a retired adventurer. And it's got one of those um, sort of like almost like spirited away sort of like style um, mask sort of spirits on the front of it. And I, I love my horror and my suspense films. So, and again, it's a, it's a classic. I love a haunted house film. So, you know, I couldn't help but back this. But since it said mysterious moonlit manner, I was pretty much sold. Yeah, I've got a couple that I haven't backed that I'm thinking about backing still that aren't closed yet. One of those is the Goblin Manor of Astroth Mog. And it's a, about a decrepit manor house and the terrible goblin sister, sisters that live in the walls. And so that kind of rubs that same kind of no itch. Um, yeah. So I, I haven't decided if I'm going to back that yet or not. Um, I, I may back that PDF level. For, for the same reason, because the haunted house thing. Yeah. Um, there's a, a couple other. Uh, w- one that I thought about backing again, it's not closed yet, is At Your Peril, Practical Guide to Curses in Tabletop RPGs. Okay. And basically just a bunch of rules for and, and ideas for curses, which is, you know, always neat to have extra ideas for those kind of things. Um. Did you have any other ones? Yeah, I've got um, oh, I've got a go few ahead. more. Um, yep. I've backed um, Rackham Vale, which is mm-hmm. a fantasy adventure based on the art of Arthur Rackham. And I pretty much backed that because I read it of Arthur Rackham's artwork. And I was just intrigued to see what someone was going to do with it in terms of an adventure. And again, PDF, it's only like $5 US. So again, I was like, why not? And they say it's, it's a new creator, as far as I'm aware. It's not someone I've backed before, so it's nice to be able to like support someone who's trying something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. the The next one I've got is the Old School and Cool Volume Two, which is a a sort of strange sort of post apocalyptic sort of OSR style game with like mutant apes, giant robots, wasteland marauders, Mad Max sort of stuff, and. They've, they've done one issue before this, but I, I didn't catch it on previous. But again, they offered a, a sort of digital collector pledge where you could pick up both versions. So I picked both of those up in PDF. Again, I'm probably not going to run a post-apocalyptic old-school game, but there's always something in these 
these uh, mm -hmm. zines that you can sort of take out and use in your own game. And as I said, I'm quite a fan of throwing in sort of like slightly sort of sci-fi, sort of science fantasy sort of stuff into my old school games. Then I've got one called um, Wild Blue Yonder, mm -hmm. which is the official Yonder Mountains travel guide. And uh, this is basically, from what I'm, from what I understand, it's a, a PDF presenting. Like, I think it's like thirty pages. It's presenting like a little region that you can easily adapt or drop into your own campaign world with little to no prep. And it's it's a sort of mountainous sort of region where it's got a lot about the legends and the people who live there and stuff like that. So I was quite intrigued by that. And then I think I've just got the one more, which was Gobsmack, which mm -hmm. I backed, which is all about uh, bringing civilised goblins into your campaigns from OSR up to 5th edition. Again, it's another toolkit, and I'm a big fan of goblins and green skins of all flavours. So... I like the whole idea of like sort of face style goblins and goblin markets and stuff like that. So anything that lets me incorporate that into a campaign in a way that players can access has got to be a good thing as far as I'm concerned. Oh, definitely. A couple others I was looking at that haven't closed yet that I might back, I might not. Um, what Once Went Wrong, which is a kind of a Quantum Leap RPG based on kind of like the TV show Quantum Leap. DM Yourselves, which I guess last year they did a, a project called DM. Yeah, I have to find it now. But it, they did a, a zine last year that did really good, apparently. It was um, DM Yourself. And then this one's DM Yourselves. It's a follow-up for doing solo games or DMless games, co-op games with your friends. But I haven't pulled the trigger on that. The last one that I haven't backed, but I probably will back, is Inner City Redux which is role-playing crooks or law enforcement in melodramatic police television programs of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So it kind of scratches itch for me, you know, playing those old police shows. So that might be fun. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know what the, without knowing which of these I'm going to back before they close, because I've still got five or six days for some of these to make a decision. Yeah. I'm not sure what the final, you know, the final um, price of Zine Quest is going to be for me, but it's going to be a lot. <laughs> yes. It's, which I'm, I'm not asking for a tally. I'm just, it, I don't know. Next year I'm going to have to do a much better job with, you know, reining it in and, and, and having some, some rules and staying within those rules for purchasing. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think sort of bizarrely, I've um, although I've probably backed more than I did last year, because I've backed most of them at PDF, I've probably I'm probably either about the same or slightly less in terms of money, and mm -hmm. obviously a lot of that's purely down to the fact that obviously posting your packaging is a bit of an issue depending on where it's coming from, but my other thought was, well, I can either back ten sort of zines and get nice print copies, or I can back double that amount and be like spreading the money out a little bit and trying to support mm -hmm. a few more people and just get the PDF. And like you say, a lot of these, you'll be able to pick them up on print on demand or whatever afterwards anyway. So I was like, well, if I get all the print copies now, I can only support half as many people. And I'd like to sort of spread the support out as much as I can really to encourage more people to do it. Right. Well, yeah, that's how I felt. 
and and, and then I went a little bit overboard there. But <laughs> again, it's all you know for a good cause for the yeah, most part. I, I I can't say the same thing for other things on Kickstarter, but but yeah. but in this case, that's you know definitely definitely it. I want to thank you for your time and for Anytime. taking the time to talk to me. Anytime, thank you very much for having me on. Yeah. No, great. Okay, well, say hi to Hannah, and I hope you have a good evening. Thank you very much. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? your auntie or a joke about your spouse but the operator's screaming it's coming from inside the house what's in the box what's in the box what's in the box what's in the box well the audience is pretty sure he took a pretty head and the only question left is if i better shoot him dead bring on the gold bring on the gold i want some more bring on the there is a dustman in your moil's body tipper And I'm assuming that your partner back there in the wood chipper Don't look away Don't look away Don't look away Don't look away Well the zombies are rising and the world is gone to hell We're living for the dying and we're dying for the train wreck